you may ask a question where the customer will give you an answer that surprises you. And that's, that's the step back moment where, wow, I didn't expect that answer. Where do I move? You're listening to the Audible Ready Podcast, the show that helps you and your teams sell more faster. We'll feature sales leaders sharing their best insights on how to create a sales engine that helps you fuel repeatable revenue growth. Presented by the team at Force Management, a leader in B2B sales effectiveness. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Audible Ready Podcast. I'm Rachel Clev Miller, and I'm joined today by Patrick McLaughlin. Hey, Patty Mac. Hey, Rachel, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Today, uh, this is a topic that you you suggested, Patrick. We're going to talk about listening, active listening. And I know you had picked this topic because you said it, it was top of mind. Why is it so top of mind for you right now? Oh, uh, well, you know, when I think about what we do as sellers, we spend so much time in pre-call preparation on the questions we're going to ask, the flow of the questions we're going to ask, and then how we're going to be audible in the moment to articulate business problems that I don't think we do enough time in preparing to listen to the potential answers the customer can give us. And I think that is such an important part of a seller's preparation. Yeah, I love that concept, preparing yourself so you can listen better. So let's dive in. You know, we talk a lot about the importance of great questions, gleaning great information from your prospects. I've done a ton of podcasts on discovery and asking great questions. But listening and getting that information is more than just writing down what they say. What you're talking about really demands active listening, demands you be audible ready, so to speak, uh, to react. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I used to, my first sales manager, he had a funny saying, he said, you had two ears and one mouth. You should use them in the same proportion. I think really great sellers have effective listening techniques. They're very attentive and they're very intentional. They're looking at both facial expressions. They're looking and listening for tone. I also think that great listening, and especially during COVID, when we're doing so many calls on Zoom, they eliminate distractions. They eliminate emails from popping up. So they eliminate internal and external. And I also think that they, they map the conversations for the customer. So they, they ask follow-up questions to the answer, questions like, well, um, how long has that been occurring? Uh, what made you move in that direction? And so they ask and they lead the customer and they map out the problem um, and to the solution and they walk the customer through the process. I also believe that it's really important that when you hear things that the client values that you bring in insightful, relevant information, proof points, and, and continue to use open-ended questions, really important. And one of the things that might be really good during COVID is during a Zoom call is record yourself, record the call with the customer and play back the questions that you asked and think, did I ask a clarifying question? Did I ask a second or third level question? Really good learning experience for our sellers during this time period. When you say map, mapping the answers, what do you mean by that? Talk a little bit about that concept, Patrick. You, so, so we always, uh, as sellers, we always think about, okay, what are the questions we have to get? Because we want to get to the problem because we want to tell the customer how we solve the problem. And, you know, we teach people to be audible, to communicate in a way that will resonate with the person they're talking to. But a lot of times, we're not prepared for the answers we're going to get. So one of the things that I had a manager teach me early in my career was, hey, prepare for your answers 
as much or twice as much as the questions you're going to ask, meaning what's the answer you want to get where you would move to the next question in the conversation, right, and move the customer through the process. But you have to be audible because the customer may give you an answer that you don't want to hear. And then how do you adjust the fly? And more importantly, you may get a question or you may ask a question where the customer will give you an answer that surprises you. And that's the step back moment where, wow, I didn't expect that answer. Where do I move? So I always ask sellers, when you come up with your questions, great. What are the answers you want to hear? What's the answer you don't want to hear so you can pivot? And what's the answer that would surprise you that would cause you to maybe change direction completely as you're trying to map out a, a potential problem and solution with the client? Yeah, I love that concept of preparing for the answers. And that's probably something everybody listening right now can can get better at. I remember when I first started at Force Management, I was, I guess I was here for like a year maybe. And I went out on a sales call and um, we were asking some great questions. And then they came back with something that was one of our value drivers. And the person that was with me from Force, who's, who's no longer with the company, but he he gave me feedback after the meeting and he was like, Rachel, if they talk about a value driver, don't switch the subject. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, you know what? That's a, that's that. So right there, that's, that's what I would call active listening. Yeah. So there's techniques that we can have our sellers or sellers can use. I really had a great sales leader that taught me a lot of skills. And one of the things that I was taught early in my sales career was to listen for verbs Listen for adjectives and listen descriptives and listen for feelings, right? So when someone says they want to reduce, reduce by what? When someone says they want more productivity, when someone says they're frustrated, right? Well, what's, what is that level of frustration? You need to dive in and it's, it's being so audible ready in the moment. And it really ties into the value of command of the message, right? The negative consequences, positive business outcomes, metrics on required capabilities. So anytime I heard descriptive language adjectives, right? Um, describing an environment or a process, verbs, I want to reduce, I want to improve, I want to eliminate. Those are all verbs, right? All actionable verbs. What does that mean, right? Um, we have a customer that we've done many trainings for, and he has a great saying, make the customer stand where their feet are. Get the customer to give further explanation what they mean to those feelings, to those verbs, to those adjectives. So those are the things that I used to try to listen for when I would ask questions, to ask second and third level questions from a follow-up perspective. Oh, that's, that's great. And, you know, I wish this is a, um, not a visual medium that we're doing today, Patrick, but I've seen some great ideas for how people take notes when you talk about mapping the answers to what they what the customer has said and leading it down those the the conversation like i've seen people take notes where it's not really linear they might like make a four box or something and they might make a value driver and so when a customer comments related to the value driver they put it together with in that bucket and you know not necessarily taking notes linearly in a linear fashion but almost bucketing what you hear in a way that allows you to map those before scenarios, negative consequences to PBOs, required capabilities, et cetera. 
Yeah. So interesting that you bring that up. So for a lot of people that may be listening and have gone through the value-based conversation with command of the message, we have organizations that have actually built formal discovery sheets with that XY graph, right? Upper left-hand corner, negative consequences, upper right-hand corner, positive business outcomes, bottom left, required capabilities and metrics, bottom left, required capabilities and metrics, bottom right, how we do it, how we do it better, improve points. And there's Actually, another client of ours has a great saying, have you done enough work above the line to earn the right to go below the line? Meaning, have I done enough work to understand the before scenario and tangible, quantifiable negative consequences where the client is looking to go and how they would define success? If I've done a great job there, then I get, and then I've earned the right to talk to the customer of what the solution would look like, and more specifically, how my organization can get them to a place they can't get down on their own. So they have that great saying, have I done enough work above the line to earn the right to go below the line? Yeah, so that's a great, uh, great listening technique, listening skill, but more importantly, how do you document that and take notes actively in the sales call? Yeah, and you know, because summarizing that call is so important in in that follow up. And I know we mentioned command of the message, but that's also a big reason why we are such advocates of making sure you you earn that right, defining the PBOs, the required capabilities, and the metrics, so you're able to effectively pit play those back to the customer. I mean, in the conversation, you want to show that you're listening, but it's also really important in the that email follow-up, the PowerPoint deck that you leave behind, because that's going to show you're listening just as well. That's sort of that what we heard type concept. Yeah, absolutely. And the best way to do that is the mantra, right? To play back what I've heard. Mr. Customer, these are the positive business outcomes, and we agree to these required capabilities and metrics. Right? And you're really then focusing and using your customer's language to repeat that back to them. I always want to make sure that if you, were, if you really were effectively listening, if you were listening to the true meaning of the words and you were listening for the feelings and the intuition that the customer was providing you, you would actually use the same language that the customer uses so it demonstrates you have an understanding of their point of view, which is really the number one need in the buyer-seller relationship. The need to be heard is so important in that buyer-seller relationship. Yeah, and I, I want to remind the listeners, we have a podcast on playing back the what we heard tips you can use to play back the what we heard in your emails and, and in your subsequent conversations. So be sure to check that out. I've linked it in the show notes. Another thing that we talk about with active listening is this idea of, you know, you want to show empathy. You want to make the customer understand that you've seen those experiences before, maybe that they're having, especially if it's a negative consequence. Sometimes we talk about, uh, we have some podcasts where we've talked about making sure you don't come off as negative when you're trying to get them to talk about their problem. And we always say, it's not you that's being negative. It's the problem they're having that's negative. And one of the ways we encourage people to make that conversation more welcoming is to share what you've heard from other customers dealing with the same thing. And in order to do that, right, to share similar experiences that you're hearing from the customer, you have to be audible ready to show show you're listening. And you have to be audible ready with those proof points. They can also help to show that you're listening to what the customer's dealing with. Oh, absolutely. And proof points, Rachel, great point. Proof points are more than just rattling off numbers and metrics. What it does is it makes the customer almost, I won't say feel comfortable, but make them feel like, okay, I'm not the only one 
solving this problem or trying to address this problem. And I'm not alone in this, that this may be a use case. This may be an industry trend. This is something that's going on um, with other organizations. And then it also helps my prospect determine what they're going to benchmark their solution off of, right? So inside of force management, like today's proof points or tomorrow's metrics in the value-based conversation. So one, it, it, it does provide the client with some information. It does demonstrate empathy, which is a great sales skill to have. And then it also allows the customer, you actually are covertly addressing required capabilities and metrics for any potential solution that that customer would be looking at. Yeah, I think, and you know, we also say too, sometimes when you're looking at your company's proof points and some have some have more than others, you might say, well, you know, that that company where we've got a proof point isn't in the same industry as this company. So I don't want to share it because it's not relevant, but perhaps the problem was similar or the outcome they're trying to drive to is similar. So when you look at the proof points that you have at your disposal as a salesperson, don't just look at it so narrowly focused. There's probably a nugget in there that you can tie into this customer or this prospect that you're talking that will show that you're listening and, and draw those uh, conclusions and proof that, that you've done it before. Yeah, agreed completely. So as, as we wrap up, Patty Mac, we always like to wrap with, with a final thought and a bottom line, and you're always so great at these. So if you were going to wrap this up for active listening for the people lis- listening out there, um, I hope they're actively listening. What would you say? <laughs> yeah, great. So I thought about it, and here's my answer. Be curious. The best salespeople have the highest levels of curiosity. They don't want to just gather in- information. They want to learn. And those are the people that ask the second, third, and fourth level questions. Those are the people that don't take the answers for granted and dive deeper. So have a high level of curiosity and approach your prospects where you want to learn about them, their jobs, their company, their industry, and not just gather data. And I think that's what separates the good from the great. Ah, that's great. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation, Patrick. Yes, Rachel, good time talking to you again. All right, and thank you to all of you for actively listening to the Audible Ready Podcast. At Force Management, we're focused on transforming sales organizations into elite teams. Our proven methodologies deliver programs that build company alignment and fuel repeatable revenue growth. Give your teams the ability to execute the growth strategy at the point of sale. Our strength is our experience. The proof is in our results. Let's get started. Visit us at forcemanagement.com. You've been listening to the Audible Ready Podcast. To not miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Until next time.